The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. So, Swain, are we, uh, are we about to play one of the best defenses in the last decade, starting a running back from Maryville College? Possibly. T. High's no longer on the team. Well, he was from Maryville High School, wasn't he, Ben? Yeah. Are you talking about um, a walk-on, Antonio Pierce? Marcus. Marcus Pierce. Yeah. Golly, I keep calling Antonio <laughs> Pierce. Marcus Pierce. Yeah, no offense to the kid. I mean, but, I mean, you know, this looks like the 85 Bears defense. and Statistically. I, to me, Ty also just shut it down. I mean, that, that kid is he, – he just needs to shut it down. He it seems uh, like – I should rest it. He makes one cut, and he's every, – every game, and he's done. He has to come off. He comes off hobbling. I mean, whatever's, whatever they're doing is not working. So, just – I mean, shut the kid down for the season. That's what I would do. I mean, I wish I could um... – Like, I understand what he's going through because he wants to play, right? This is his first time mm-hmm. playing big-time football at a place like Tennessee. And I've been through that ankle injury. And you want to play. You don't want to, you know, not fight with your brothers. But at the same time, you have personal goals of your own. And the more you play on it, the more that it can take away from maybe your personal personal goals. So, high sprains are no joke, and for it to be hurting at this point, I'm, I'm assuming that it's something like that in that area, he needs to shut it down. He needs to rest it. He, that's what he needs to do, or he's going to have some some issues in the future if he doesn't. He's going to have issues that he can't clean up if he keeps doing this. Hey, man, I got one ankle that looks like a grapefruit, and the other one, that's normal. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't shut it down. Guys, um, Ben, I I got to uh, see what your uh, your breakdown was on the uh, on the the Kentucky game and some of the different statistics and stuff. And it's something that I've noticed about Heupel. And I actually was noticing, or I actually when they were breaking down his offense at UCF, they were talking about it. Um. Why doesn't Heupel – Heupel likes going deep. He likes going with the vertical pass game. He obviously likes throwing that side hitch route. But you kind of highlighted this, Ben. Why don't, why don't you all think Heupel does the, uh, the, the, the middle of the field passes? That doesn't, he doesn't seem to really be a, a fan of that. That is a great question that I, quite frankly, don't know the answer to. But the, the, the statistics definitely – back that up they they don't really throw over the middle of the field a ton uh if if ever uh i mean it feels like if if they do it a ton in one game i mean it's four or five attempts if that it's i i just think with with the tempo i think the tempo Mm -hmm. if i had to guess is is a major reason why swain can can talk about it better than i can because he obviously played the position at a at a high level but 
the hypo obviously has a, a small play sheet. <laughs> it's 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 not the type of play sheet that you see Andy Reid toting on the sideline or you seen Jimbo Fishers. What what's that? You seen Jimbo Fishers? <laughs> yeah, it's it's ginormous. That's, Lane Kiffins. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's pretty simple, and I, I think there was a screenshot going around from a Vol fan last week or so, either after the Kentucky game or after the Bama game. I think it was the Kentucky game because you could see his play sheet when he was jumping with Alante on the sideline after the pick six, mm-hmm. and, and you couldn't read it, but you could like see that there wasn't a, there wasn't a ton on it. So I, I think that <laughs> has to do a lot with, with why they don't go over the middle of the field because they're going so quickly, and when, when you're going as quick as they do, you don't want to make things – Super complicated. So it's it's a handoff, it's a, a throw out to the perimeter on some form of a screen, or it's a shot down the field. So I, I think that the tempo is is a a big reason why because it, it really forces you to simplify things, and obviously the things that the hypo does are, are very s- simple in theory. I got theories. I got two theories that just mm-hmm. popped popped um, to mind. First theory is it has to do with, with with the tempo. And if you notice, sometimes on, on running plays, our receivers don't even go five yards. Mm-hmm. On Vales Jones' touchdown against Alabama, he was the only receiver that went on the route. Mm-hmm. There's times when like the coaches tell the receivers, hey, man, just, just rest. Just rest on this play. Well, if we're doing that, why would you send a receiver who's on the right side of the formation and why splits? Why would you send him on a crossing route on a dig or somewhere across the middle? Now he has to give the ball to the ref, sprint all the way back to the now right side of the football field where if you keep all of his routes outside the hash and outside the numbers, it makes it easy for him to line up real quick and, and, and run the next play. That's one theory that I have. Second theory that I have is that you you decrease the amount of tip balls that can happen when you throw the ball across the middle of the football field. This was a an approach that um, Coach Former would take when we were backed up. We never threw the ball across the middle backed up. So 10-yard line, 15-yard uh, line coming out, we never threw the ball well, crossing routes. But midfield – we lived and died by crossing routes from the split end, from the flanker, from the field, from the sideline, uh, or the boundary. We always threw crossing routes. I mean, it was something that we, we did. I, I wonder if it's the Hypel's way of saying, you know what, we're going to try to eliminate those, those tip passes. You know, we're going to hit you outside the numbers, and we're going to leave the middle of the football field for our tight ends if we're running the football and that linebacker is sucking up just like they did with Jacob Warren's touchdown against Kentucky. So those are two theories that I have. Um, just to reiterate, mm-hmm. one, makes it easy for the, line, the receivers to line up, keeping the routes outside the hash and the numbers. And number two, decreasing the amount of tip passes that can result in interceptions. Well, Swain, can he really then out-scheme people with such a small playbook, yes. I mean, are we are we focusing more on trying to catch? You know, people gave Greg McElroy a, a lot of crap for one of the games he called for us with Alabama, I think. But it does seem like 
we're really relying on people not getting lined up proper. It's not so much out scheming them as we're hoping that you don't get lined up properly. That we, we're hoping that you're looking around not knowing what to do more so than we're going to run our plays and you're not going to be able to stop us whether you're lined up or not. It's more so uh, we hope that you we cause some confusion. You don't know what to do, and we just take advantage of that. And that's not really, out, you know, I don't know if that's really out scheming somebody. You're just trying to – it just seems like you're trying – you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just – Yeah, I think there's a misconception. If a, if a team, Jay. if Georgia comes out and they know what to do, and they know what defense to be in, can Josh Heupel still out schema? If no. they're not confused, if they don't get rattled by that tempo, then what does Josh Heupel do? How does he adjust? I just think there's a misconception with with less, you know, less being less. Sometimes less is more, and less mm-hmm. means you can perfect what you do, and you don't need a bunch of plays to scheme up the defense. If if a if a DB or a safety is playing inside or or playing a certain technique. You don't need 50 different plays to beat that technique or beat that strategy. You just need a few. And so I think people <laughs> get it wrong when they think that you got to have this big playbook to scheme up the other team. I mean, you look at the Kentucky game and that was simple bunch with you know a little wheel action and you got Valus Jones, you got Jalen Hyatt up the sideline. You know, a simple stack alignment versus Kentucky, excuse me, versus Florida, it was simple. But that simple, simple alignment put Javante Payton on a safety. And people thought, oh, my gosh, man, that was just, that was just, he schemed him up. Yeah, he did, but it was simple. And it doesn't require an extensive playbook to be able to do things like that. Like, so less is, less is more. And on to, to kind of what Swain is discussing – like they they do, there's different intricacies and details within these quote simple plays that are allowing guys to get open, like on the Jalen Hyatt catch down the sideline where he stepped out of bounds. It was four receivers stacked to to the sideline, and Javante Payton ran backwards as if he was going back to catch a screen pass, and then Valus and I believe it was Tillman. They ran post to the middle of the field to clear out a safety and a corner. Somebody went with, with Peyton backwards as Peyton was, was acting as if he was going to catch a screen pass, and it left Jalen Hyatt wide open down the sideline because they had cleared the safety and, and, a, and a corner out, and nobody ran with Jalen. So it's little things like that of, of just making sure, making sure that you design the play well enough to, to get guys open is how he is is scheming guys up. Go back and watch the the Pittsburgh touchdown to Jacob Warren, uh, where Hendon Hooker had been running it down Pittsburgh's throat there on that drive, and uh, they get down around the, the 10, 12-yard line, maybe even closer, but they were in the red zone, and they acted as if it was going to be quarterback power off the right side. Hendon took a, took a step that direction, and Jacob Warren acted like he was going to block for Hendon, and Jacob released and went right up the seam into the end zone, and Hendon threw a beautiful pass, and, and Pittsburgh did not see that coming. So it's, it's little things like that in terms of how Hypo is, is scheming things up and setting up the defense with, with plays called prior and a drive to where the defense gets used to one thing, and then boom, 
they, 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 they release Warren down the seam and he's open for a touchdown. Yeah, that Kentucky play, you had you had uh, Jabari Small lined up. It was, oh, Jabari, yes. Yeah, it was empty, empty, empty set. Sorry. And uh, no, you good, man. You, you, I thought you described it very well, but you know you had Jabari Small in that um, you know four by one. Uh, and actually, it was just four receivers to the right, and um, you had Jacob Warren as an extra blocker. Uh, but you had Jabari Small lined up there, uh, kind of in the slot in the trips formation with the wide receivers, and then he goes and fakes the bubble, um, holding the flat the defender, and then you threaten, like you said, with two two post routes. One was shorter, we call it a skinny post, and one was deeper, and then they left Jalen Hyde on the sideline by himself. So it was a great like it was just a great wrinkle. That's I mean that's all it was. It was the wrinkle based on some 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 something they saw on film that Kentucky had trouble with. So again, the the point remains like you don't need a huge Bible First test, uh, Old Testament, New Testament type of playbook to be successful on offense, and I can tell you that from experience because Co- Coach Cut playbook was smaller than than uh, Randy Sanders playbook, and we were more efficient and more dangerous on offense. So less is more. Well, Swain, uh, before I get off here, Swain and Ben, I want to know: nobody has scored two touchdowns, I believe, on Georgia all year. Does Tennessee do that or not? Yes. What do you think, Ben? Yes. All right, guys. Talk to y'all later. Thank you, man. See you. Talk to you later. Have a good weekend. 865-255-03. Hour 3 is powered by Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. At home, monitor self-inject testosterone treatments for self-pay just $155 a month. Or it's covered by most health insurance. They will ship directly to your home. Straight to your house. So, man, if you are noticing being tired, grumpy, weight gain, loss of muscle mass, these could all be signs of low T, low low thyroid, or even sleep apnea. So, get your levels tested. Go to LowTCenter.com. There's five locations in Tennessee. Knoxville, Chattanooga, Nashville, Tri-Cities. There's two in Nashville area. If you're right here in Knoxville, give the Low T Center a call at 865-392-1388. For Ben McKee and Jason Swain, we'll take a break in hour number three, and then we'll come back with more after this. For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. Good morning, Swain Event crew. Fall is here, and according to the big box stores, it's Christmas time, too. This time of year is traditionally a busy one for the East Tennessee real estate market, and it will continue through the end of 2021 as well. Most people think the holidays aren't the right time to buy and sell. However, it is one of the best times to jump in the market. To find out more, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, at 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. And go Vols! JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. J.C.'s Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. 
Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways, our roads cleaner and safer. The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help to do it. There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knoxville for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you, so you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done, and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet. Iris provides direct internet access from 10 megs to 10 gigs with no payments for 90 days. Iris also offers next-generation business phones with work-from-anywhere capability from the mobile or laptop app. With local sales, support, and service, Iris is a partner in the community. Learn more at irisnetworkusa.com or call 865-448-IRIS. Iris Networks, a Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. Yo. It's Red Plastic Cop with some big news for you movie-making, content-creating video superstars. Show your mad skills. And create a video of why it's so important to keep Tennessee litter-free. It's the TSSAA No Trash November Student Video Contest. Sponsored by Nobody Trashes Tennessee. Go to nobodytrashestennessee.com slash TSSAA for details. High school and middle school students can submit their video and receive scholarships and prizes provided by TSSAA. Word, peace out. Is that still a thing? Am I being too cool for the school kids? Just asking. I just wanted to come by and congratulate you on the great work you've been doing. I like your style. You remind me of a young me. Failure is not an option. That boy is good. Don't remind yourself. Nobody built like you. You design yourself. Attaboy. Attaboy is brought to you by Made in Tennessee Business Fiber Internet from Iris Networks. Find business solutions for you at irisnetworksusa.com. Swain Event Fuel by Daddy and Barbecue, and you heard it. Attaboy is brought to you by Iris Networks, business, internet, and voice. IrisNetworksUSA.com. 
90 days, no payment for business internet. We'll be highlight good stuff, good stories. And Ben, what you got for us today? I got uh, two things I'd like to mention. Uh, first, I'm going to give an attaboy to the Carolina Panthers for doing the right thing and bringing Cam Newton back. And the main reason I am giving them an attaboy is because they've acted the last couple of years since Cam left. They've acted as if he never existed. Mm. And I know people have their feelings about Cam and how flamboyant he is and his persona. and He, he does crave attention, obviously, but like at the core of things, hey, he's a good dude. And I, I've never really understood the, the Cam hate from that perspective. Like, yeah, I know he's flamboyant. His personality, his style isn't for everybody, but he's a good dude. And he gives back a ton. And he cares about people. And at the end of the day, that should dictate how you feel about somebody, not because they dabbed in the end zone of your stadium after he scored a touchdown or or danced in your end zone or did the Superman in in your end zone or because he he has silly captions on Instagram. Like, Like That's not how you judge somebody. You judge somebody off of the intent of their heart. And Cam Newton has a good heart. Uh, so that's a little side rant. But the Panthers have acted as if Cam Newton does not exist over the last two or so years uh, when he left the first time. And kudos to them for swallowing their pride and bringing him back on a on a one-year contract, uh, a $10 million contract or a contract that is worth up to $10 million, 4.5 guaranteed, 1.5 roster bonus, and then he can earn up to uh, 10 million so uh, this is awesome right here I I, I love these type of reunion stories in sports when I think of the Carolina Panthers I think of Cam Newton quite frankly and he's done a lot for the city of Charlotte I I have a really good friend in Charlotte who is connected in Charlotte and has always spoken very highly of Cam and what what he does for the city and uh, just Kudos to the Panthers for for swallowing their pride and and bringing him back because they need him. The other thing I wanted to mention real quick, Swaino, is uh, I want to give an attaboy to Tennessee's trio of receivers. Uh, Tennessee football tweeted out this stat on Wednesday at 2 o'clock, and that is that the trio of Valus Jones, Javante Payton, and Cedric Tillman, they're the only receiving group in the SEC with three wide receivers with at least five receiving touchdowns. So Tennessee is the only team in the SEC with three receivers with at least five receiving touchdowns. So I think that's good. Big ups to to those guys and Cody Burns having his group playing at a good level right now. For a sure. high level right now. Yeah. Now, I'd like to see more depth in that room, but the, those guys are playing uh, amazing football and – I, I love watching those guys play. Valus, Peyton, Tillman. I, I hate that we only uh, have Javante for one year on Rocky Top. He, he's, a, he's a great kid and really fun football player to, to watch, even if he only has like six touchdowns and seven catches <laughs> on, 13, on the season. 13 catches, six touchdowns. Yeah, stupid, stupid stat. That, that's like that Mississippi State rushing <laughs> stat. Um, and then Valus. We, we we get him for a short time as as well. Tillman, 
just how can you not like Cedric Tillman? So very happy. Two years guys. after this one, if he wants it, uh, I'm giving an attaboy to your favorite, one of your favorite athletes. That John is Morant. the Rock, Dwayne Johnson, um, and this was this was. This was an old, old, old attaboy, but, man, I saw it, and I wanted to highlight it, so whatever. And um, hopefully it moves someone to do something like this. Uh, you probably heard the story already, but The Rock um, was homeless as a teen when he lived in Tennessee, and There was a gentleman by the name of Bruno Lauer, Lauer who took the actor in. And nine years later, after Johnson fell on hard times again, while trying to make a name as a wrestler, uh, it was Bruno who again came to the rescue and said that he could live in his Nashville trailer. Um, so here we are, fast forwarding it to today, 2021, and The Rock gifted this gentleman, Bruno Lauer, with a $30,000 truck and the gift of a financially stable future. So um, the manager, former wrestling manager, couldn't hold back tears. And um, given, I'm giving this situation just an attaboy. This is awesome. It's a random. Uh, and I won't say it's random because they know each other. But I've been, I've been benefiting from random, random acts of kindness as of late and um, here, here soon. Um, I can't wait to be able to kind of share, and it'll be a couple weeks, uh, share like exactly what happened and everything. But man, it's been it's been really cool um, when you when you put that love out in the atmosphere and you do things for others. Man, people do things for you, and that's one thing I've I've learned uh, big lesson on in the past week. So. Um, be that for people. Be that light for people. Be that blessing for others. And you just never know what may come back in your direction. All right. Uh, moving forward. I want to take a look at the text box. It is Friday. It is Georgia week. ATL VFL says, selfishly, I think this injury will keep Tyon in Knoxville next year. Um, I agree. I agree. Texan Vol says, should we Vol fans lobby for Dan Mullen to stay at Florida? Uh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Florida is a school that, with the right coach, they are a problem. Yep. And it's amazing to me that Florida, Miami, and Florida State all are struggling right now. Florida has – no sense. Florida has some, some Tennessee-type vibes to it. Uh, in in the sense of a lot of hands in the cookie jar, at least in in terms of the past, the last decade up until this new administration, we'll see how they work out. But the the previous ad administrations at Tennessee, a lot of hands in the cookie jar, and and that seems to be the case at at Florida. And I mean, uh, Will Muschamp and Jim McElwain and and now Dan Mullen era, like been been. But an odd situation, and you're starting to hear now that that Florida fans have unrealistic expectations, and, and they don't appreciate the success that 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 they have been getting. You're saying that national media, yeah, that's silly. It's like, folk, folks, 
they're, they're trashing Dan Mullen a, a year after they go to the SEC championship game. Do they not remember? Yet that Florida team, I think, went nine and four with the Heisman front runner at quarterback and Kyle Pitts. Mm. They underperform. Like just because you make it to the SEC championship game doesn't mean that you still can't have underperformed. Man, don't let the national media lower expectations for you, Florida fans. I mean, you are a program that um, feasts off of recruits in state and recruiting. You are a program um, that won um, championships, multiple championships, and you've won championships with different coaches. You've had high trophy winners. Like as much as I despise Florida as a rival. I mean, we're just keeping it real here. We're just keeping it real here. Like, what Dan Mullen is doing is below the standard at Florida. Recruiting the way they're recruiting is below the standard. Getting beat 40-17 to 17 to the South Carolina team is below the standard. Like, it's below the standard. So, national media, stop. Stop. Let them fans be mad. They got every reason to be upset and mad. But yes, Texas Fall, we want we want damn well to stay. <laughs> As yes. a Tennessee fan, uh, ATL VFL says coin toss is big tomorrow. If we can kick off and get them three and out, would be huge. Similar to Ole Miss, you can't let them start fast and jump on you. It would be helpful if we did that, but you just have to prevent them starting fast because then. Our crowd's out of it, and it's like a neutral site game. You don't want that at all. So uh, you want our fans to affect the opposing offense, with the quarterback and the offensive line. Uh, John Kay from South Carolina says that Cam Newton's better than Sam Dumpster Juice Darnold, too. <laughs> we need to banish Sam to Detroit. Cam and Steve Smith are our franchise. Nelson says, I swear Jay and Charlie Burris is the same person. Oh, they're not. They are not. I don't think Jay was being negative. I'm assuming that's what Nelson is referring to with the facepalm emoji. I just think Jay just, just I didn't. I thought he brought up fair points. Yeah, I just, I just think he didn't see it that way. and I don't think he was... Criticizing the offense because listen, J- J- my, my man Jonathan Way is he's trying to get on board with this offense, but he just he he's not there yet, and it's just an understanding thing, an understanding of how it how how it works and seeing it work. You know, he's a he's an NFL guy that really hasn't seen it except for the Chip Kelly days, and you know we didn't really see it during our time at Tennessee. And he's a defensive guy too, so he just needs to see it work more. And you know, we've had lengthy conversations about the advantages and disadvantages. And right now, we've seen more advantages of this offense. So I don't think I don't think Jay was being negative or anything. I just he had a a, a um, thought, a theory that he believed in, and and. We just discussed it, and I, I just think there's a misconception with this offense. You just don't need a huge playbook to be successful. Now, I am going to be very curious to see how Heupel and his staff counter the negative recruiting that will take place 
moving forward about his offense because, quite frankly, this this offense from an X's and O's standpoint and developing tools in your toolbox, they don't develop receivers or quarterbacks for the next level. That's that's that's, and I was, I'm glad you said that because that's what I was thinking. That's going to be the next thing that he's going to have to deal with. Yep, the negative recruiting. So it's imperative that receivers are developed to the point where they go to the league and they are successful because I can look at Seth Williams, who was a freak athletically at Auburn, and he was on the practice squad, and he was drafted. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be that way. So that's what Tennessee's going to have to answer to. they got to make sure these receivers – when they get to the combine, they know how to run real routes. And that, they know how to run the route tree because they're not really asked to do it here. And that's okay as long as you can do it when it's, when it's, when it's time to do it. And you hope they have an understanding and get on the grease board and can talk about, all right, what's your favorite play and why is this your favorite play? And what, did you, what would you do versus this coverage? Because that's what I had to do. And that was like my favorite part. Oh, I don't have to run? Cool. You want to ask me questions? And I was drawing them up. It, it, it felt like you know, the, what, the quarterback camp thing with John Gruden when they put you on the grease board. Like, it was just like that. You think they'll bring that back? Nah, I don't think nobody touching Gruden. But, like, our receivers will have to do that. And if you're just told, hey, man, just line up and just run these simple routes and you don't have to really have a deep understanding and – then that can hurt the receivers. I don't know. I'm not in the receiver meeting room. I'm just saying, like, that That has to be something that we can combat. Because you're going to attract kids by scoring points and having the fun thing and the winning. Now it's about who's going to prepare me for the NFL. Because Rodney Garner's not going to have a problem with that. He's going to be all right. He will be just fine. But – Quarterbacks, Hypo's going to have to make sure that um, he can show evidence that, hey, you come here, we can, we're going we're gonna to put you in position to go win the Heisman, but we're also going to prepare you for the NFL too. And every other position will have to do that as well. That's the difference between recruiting in this conference and recruiting in other conferences. Pretty much. All right. Uh, you know what also separates the conferences? Mm-hmm. Recruiting. And the SEC. Particularly when you get them on campus and you have a big game like you do against Georgia, and it is a weekend full of visitors for Tennessee this weekend. Walter Nolan going to make his way over to campus. So it looks like Tennessee has continued to uh, pick up the dialogue there. You like? You don't like? What, Walter Nolan being on campus? Mm-hmm. I don't care. Uh, Keontae Scott, another guy, Juco corner that a lot of schools are after from the West Coast. He, he's the one official visitor this weekend. Uh, Cody Jones, a DB from the west side of the state. He uh, currently committed to Michigan. He'll be here this weekend. James Pierce, edge defender. Uh, he'll be here. He He's from North Carolina. 
a guy that's been somewhat under the radar, but but Tennessee really likes him off the edge. This will be his third unofficial visit, and his family is coming with him. And Tennessee still has the official visit in its back pocket. So uh, Tennessee seems to be in a good place there. Demario Tolan, LSU commit from Florida. He's a linebacker. He'll be here this weekend. He's very impressed with Josh Hypo at the moment. Latrell Bumpus, his cousin, Caden Pope, is scheduled to be here. So good. No, that's right. Tennessee's uh, had a hard time generating um, traction there, but maybe now Tennessee is headed in the right direction. One, one of the guys at the top of the list for me that will be here this weekend is Justin Williams, the running mm. back from Georgia that is committed to West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Tennessee wants a, a bigger back, and, and he fits that mold. So he, he's one to keep an eye out for. Amari Jackson a corner from from the Georgia Atlanta I should say Atlanta area uh, that is committed to Boston College he's flying under under the radar and Tennessee likes his athleticism uh some some younger guys Xavier McLeod Hunter Osborne uh safety Michael Daughtery from from Georgia bunch of guys big recruiting weekend all of the commits it looks like we'll we'll be here at least a a good chunk of them with Peyton with Peyton Taven Jackson will be here you think uh, he'll he'll try to link up with uh old old Peyton if I'm Taven Jackson I will I would follow Peyton like a puppy and he's from Indiana like I would like I'm not like I'm not kidding I would follow Peyton around like a little kid Peyton would have to tell me, hey, man, we kind of weird you follow me in the bathroom. Oh, yeah, sorry. Just, just the, I'm following him everywhere. Uh, uh, a little bit. Joshua Josephs will not be here this weekend, but he uh, mm-hmm. is expected to be back in a couple of weeks for his official visit. ATL VFL asked about him. Uh, Mick Swain, remind me what the big difference is with official and unofficial visits. Official visits. Nothing. The school flips. <laughs> Nothing the, today. The, the school is allowed to pay for the trip. It, it's on the school's dime when you come on an official visit. When you come on an official, unofficial visit, it's supposed to be on your own dime. The school is not allowed to, to pay for your trip up. That's the difference. There's not a big difference in today's recruiting, if you ask me. No. In college football. I, yeah. Uh, ATL VFL says Drew Locke would help. We were talking about, you know, Hypo being able to show that he can develop quarterbacks in this system. Hypo didn't do what he's doing now. He didn't do that in Missouri. Now, he did a, he did a great job with Drew Locke, don't get me wrong. Um, but you got to be able to show – these guys, the development, and this helps with the guys making plays in the NFL. Like, it, it only makes it better. And, and Drew right now can't can't keep the job. It's getting passed up. But it does help. But, I mean, you want that, you want that Sam Bradford type of success where, like, Sam was a starting quarterback in the league and you like you just coached him. So like T. Martin 
coaching, you know, Mark, you know, Marquez Callaway. Like if T was in college, like that would hit home to a recruit. Or Robert Gillespie, who's at Alabama now, when he goes and talks to people about how he coached Alvin Kamara, like that hits home because those players can, those high school players can see those guys making plays in the NFL. So Drew Locke will help. But man, way too Henry Hooker is able to go to the league and he's making plays. It'll make it that much easier for Josh Heupel and company to go out and get a quarterback. This is what Steelers I'm saying. need a new quarterback. Come on to Pittsburgh. Hint Y'all sure do. I don't I thought Henry don't like cold weather. I thought that was a narrative. Oops. Hour three continues after this. While the other guys are taking guesses, the Swain event is taking you behind the scenes and in the huddle every morning from 7 to 10, right here. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42ST.com or give them a call at 865 382 7007 42nd Street Brand Strategy Design More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high quality, high speed business fiber internet. Iris provides direct internet access from 10 megs to 10 gigs with no payments for 90 days. Iris also offers next-generation business phones with work-from-anywhere capability from the mobile or laptop app. With local sales, support, and service, Iris is a partner in the community. Learn more at irisnetworkusa.com or call 865-448-IRIS. Iris Networks, a Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. Good morning, Swain Event crew. Fall is here, and according to the big box stores, it's Christmas time, too. This time of year is traditionally a busy one for the East Tennessee real estate market, and it will continue through the end of 2021 as well. Most people think the holidays aren't the right time to buy and sell. However, it is one of the best times to jump in the market. To find out more, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, at 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. And go Vols! J.C.'s Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. J.C.'s will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. J.C.'s Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. 
Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways, our roads cleaner and safer. The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help to do it. There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody Trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knoxville for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you, so you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done, and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet. Iris provides direct internet access from 10 megs to 10 gigs with no payments for 90 days. Iris also offers next-generation business phones with work-from-anywhere capability from the mobile or laptop app. With local sales, support, and service, Iris is a partner in the community. Learn more at irisnetworkusa.com or call 865-448-IRIS. Iris Networks, a Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. Hour 3 of the Swain event is brought to you by the Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Do you know your numbers? Feel like you again. Let us help. Swaydevit, swaydevit.com, Fuel by Daddy and Barbecue. Let's go back to the text box as Joey Hazel, Housley, excuse me, coach any pros. He's young, man. He is, he is young. Not top of my head, I can't tell you if he has. Um, ben from John K., I'll buy some San Donald plane ticket and put him in a hotel in Pittsburgh if you want to talk to him. I'd rather watch Mason Rudolph play. 
Let's see here. What else is on the text box? Vaughn Birmingham says all coaches should publicly say how bad it is. Then it will get fixed. Talking about the officiating uh, in the SEC. Mark Stoops basically say, listen, I'm tired of submitting things in the SEC. It doesn't matter. You know, nothing gets changed anyway. But Jimbo, Jimbo went further because Jimbo mentioned another school getting special treatment. That's what makes that different. And I'm surprised that the Jimbo Fish, and we missed the ball on that too. We dropped the ball on, you know, bringing more attention to what he said and actually playing his video because he was like, we'll see, you know, basically we'll, you know, we'll see if Alabama gets gets in trouble with that or, or Alabama's able to do things like that and we can't. So, like, Jimbo not, not only com- complained about the officiating, but to mention – to mention another school getting that type of treatment, whoo, maybe that is what we need for some change in the offseason. Maybe. And that's a big, big, big maybe. But two coaches, two SEC coaches this week have questioned the officiating. And I don't know what Mark Stoops would submit to the SEC. Obviously, the face mask on Will Levis was missed. No doubt about it. I'm not going to sit here and and try to defend Tennessee and say that it wasn't. They missed it. They missed that call. It was blatant. They should have gotten it because it wasn't like it was in a big pile. Um, it was right there, right there front and center. The quarterback had the ball. They just they just missed it. I don't know what other calls he felt like the referees missed that cost them that football game. I mean, unless he wants to complain about the 15-yard penalty he got when he was out, out on the football field and giving the refs the business. I mean, this rule was changed a couple of years ago where coaches were going to get 15-yard penalties for their conduct on the sideline. This is, I want to say, the third year of the rule. So what call that the refs missed in the Tennessee-Kentucky game that Stoops wants to, want to um, submit for review? But I'm glad. I'm glad Jimbo Fisher said what he said. I'm glad Stoops said what he said. Hopefully we get some change. Hopefully we do. West Tennessee Vol says, would you say that you're glad we played Carolina early this year? Um, I wouldn't mind playing Carolina right now. I think Tennessee still is better than Carolina. I think we're still better. Now, would the game be the same? Lopsided victory for Tennessee, I I doubt it. But Tennessee is is playing some good football. We still win, just won't be a beatdown. Kyle from Smyrna says, scale to 1 to 10, what is a realistic guess at our chances to upset Georgia on a scale from 1 to 10? Yesterday I said, yesterday I was like, there's no chance. Yesterday I said zero. But literally, Every time you step on the football field, you have a chance. Anybody can be anybody on any given day. Um, but I'm going two. I would go two on that one, on a scale from one to ten. Be anything to add there? Nope, I agree with you. Two, two on a scale of one to ten. Confidence against Georgia. Yeah, realistic. What is the realistic guess at our chances to upset Georgia? I'd go a little bit better, three or four. I think. I think. I think there's a little bit of overratedness, if that's a word, 
to to Georgia. Everybody's making them out to be the best team since sliced bread, and I don't think that they are. I just don't think there's a lot of teams in in college football that can can give them a true test. Talked about it, I think, earlier in the week. But I, I think the overall product in college football is down right now. I we're still getting good games, but I, I don't think that there's a lot of good. To, great teams in college football right now. At least it, it doesn't feel like it is in years past over the last decade or or so. So Georgia's very good. I think they're the best team in the country. I, I think it, it would be a little bit crazy not to pick Georgia to win the national championship as of today. But, I mean, they haven't been tested. They, they haven't been tested, and I still don't see what team is going to, to test them, quite frankly. But you, you look at them on offense, and Stetson Bennett, I think, is good, but he's not Tua Tungavailoa. He's not Trevor Lawrence. He's not Deshaun Watson. He's not Joe Burrow. He, he's not any of these other quarterbacks that have won national championships recently. They don't have a, a go-to receiver. They have a good receiver room, but they don't, they don't have a – a, they do have one, George Pickens. He's just not available because of the torn ACL. They, but they just have a, a really good group of solid guys. They're, they're good at tight end. They're, they're, they're good at running back. They're, they're good at offensive line. They, they don't have e- elite individuals on, on offense that I think can carry an offense. So I, I would be very curious to see Georgia up against a, a defense that is similar to theirs. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's a, a little bit better of a chance, three or four, but not not much. Volville says Stetson Bennett wore us out last year, and we had uh, much better linebackers then. Well, did you did you have better backers, or I mean, you had better backers, guys that that physically could do it, but you didn't have better coaching, and you you had a bunch of dis, dysfunction. So. How much better was it? Because these linebackers that are playing now play have played better than the linebackers that we had last year. They were more talented, but they just wasn't playing as good as these linebackers have played this season. Uh, Stetson Bennett was 16 for 27 last year with 238 yards and two touchdowns. But, but I agree with you. Stetson Bennett is someone um, that will be a good college quarterback. He is a good college quarterback, quarterback simply because of, uh, I think, I won't say simply, but I think a lot of it is because of the players around him. I don't see him as a guy that's, that's going to be um, called on the first day of the draft or called on the second day of the draft. But he's just a, he's just a good college quarterback. I don't see him as a, a Mac Jones or a – Jalen Hurts or someone that when you watch him play, you're like, oh, yeah, he's going to play on Sundays. I haven't had that feeling with Stetson Bennett yet. Uh, ATL VFL says we should play Tyon only on third downs. I don't see the purpose in doing that. If he can play, you got to play him and play him the whole game. And if he can't, then you don't play him. I think it's hard to pick and choose when to play a player uh, who is who is banged up, man? The speed of the game is so fast, and even now, with this tempo, you don't have time to say, "All right, start down, hurry up, run off the football field." Um, 
Jabari or Laneith Whitehead, we got to put Ty on there. Because then if you substitute, then you allow the defense substitute. So, I don't like that idea. ATL, VFL, either he should play and play all the downs or um, not play at all. You can't. I don't think you can do that and run your tempo the way you want to. Uh, West Tennessee Vol says she's going out on a limb and say we get three to four touchdowns. Let's go, boys. I mean, it is Friday. Vaughn Birmingham says, wait, Peyton's coming back for this game? Welp. So that means he wants to watch Tennessee play a good opponent. That don't mean that Tennessee's going to win or lose based on Peyton's appearance. Might as well not even play the game since Peyton's showing up. I know, right? On a scale from 1 to 10, it's a 0 because Peyton is here. Uh, Real D from the 4-2-3 says 38-24 final. Did not say which team had 38, though. So I'll leave that up for interpretation. Zell says if Tennessee scores a minimum of five touchdowns, they win this game. Whew. The defense that has not allowed more than one. Man, if we can score five, we better win, right? They score even going back to the to the comment a couple of messages ago. If Tennessee gets to to three or four touchdowns, they, they have a a really good chance at pulling off the upset, assuming that the defense just doesn't fly off the rails and, and just have a miserable day. Let's get to the quarterback. Let's affect the quarterback. Let's take care of the football. Let's take some deep shots down the football field. Let's be loud. Let's give Georgia's offense hell. Let's throw out every trick that you possibly can on special teams. Let's let it all fly. Tennessee does not have anything to lose. But just the game. Georgia has everything to lose. Everything to lose because a loss here to Tennessee and then you play Alabama in the SC Championship game, if you slip up and lose to Alabama, it is a wrap. It is no college football playoff. So a lot of pressure on Georgia. Everything to lose for Georgia. So let it fly. Let it hang. Go out there. Have fun. Compete your butt off. And let's see what happens when you put the ball down on the football field uh, tomorrow on CBS 330. For Ben McKee, I'm Jason Swain. Hope you all have a great weekend. Swain event fueled by Dead and Barbecue. Peace and love.